Hey there, it's Josh with the Voices of Social Change podcast. I'm getting ready here to load in part two of this week's interview for you. So if you didn't catch part one, I definitely recommend that you run back and grab that. But coming up, we're going to have part two, which is where we have our rapid fire questions, get you a lot of really valuable tools for your journey to social entrepreneurship. So tune in right now for part two of this week's interview and keep it real out in Social Change Nation. All righty, and we're back here with Joe Demon of Yellowleaf Hammocks. Moving in now to the third part of the interview where I want to just chat through. I, I took a look at the website, and we've actually, we have Joe and Yellowleaf Hammocks in our Social Good Shopping Guide, which is a quick plug to that if you haven't picked that up yet, socialgoodshopping.com. You can get that full guide for free, but Joe is featured in there. And so we got to know a lot about Yellowleaf Hammocks and their story through that. But I also ran through the website, and man, it's, it's an amazing story, and they have a really cool, website with a lot of unique pieces to it that I think just really helps you take in their story and and really fall in love with their story. But as I was doing that, I came up with a few questions that I wanted to chat through with Joe that I think will help us as we we establish our businesses. So what I want to do is kind of get inside Joe's head here and understand a little bit more about some of the decisions he made. So Joe, the first thing that I want to kind of carry a conversation on with you about, we've talked a little bit about your B Corp certification. And that's something that I'm looking at with social change. And I know that a lot of uh, listeners are, are looking at that too. Can you walk us through just, just the process uh, from beginning to end uh, and kind of the elevator speech of, of what is involved? What do we need to prepare ourselves for when we go after B Corp certification? Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to share um, some insights. And if uh, that's great, you're considering becoming a B Corp. And I think um, it's, it's a great step. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's if you're doing something that's impact driven, that's the way to go. So, real quick, I guess the an overview of the process. It's it's pretty straightforward to be honest. You know, they have a really great impact assessment. I think you go to uh, benefitcorp.com or I forget the exact website, but um, it's the B Lab, which is the nonprofit that actually does the certification. Um, but they have a great impact assessment. So, don't feel like you actually have to take it all in one sitting. It's a pretty comprehensive uh, impact assessment that might take a few hours, possibly more or less, depending on how complex your, your business is. Um, so you can always save and come back to it so you can kind of um, you know, do bits at a time. But basically, they split up, the assessments, it's split up into uh, many different categories from uh, your corporate, uh, benefits program to if uh, what your actual impact you know if you're an impact driven business like yellow leaf hammocks uh, it you know asks you some specific questions around how what your impact is and more details around that um, and every section is weighted there's a point system they they've they have this figured out um, you know they have a lot of experts and they've been refining the certification process, just the way that fair trade and, and uh, lead certification for building has, you know, is constantly being uh, uh, updated and so forth. So, um, you take that assessment and then provide the supporting documentation um, to stand behind, you know, everything that you uh, inputted there, and then it goes through uh, an internal review by the B Lab team, and then they reach out with several follow-up questions. Um, you might be asked to provide some additional information and there's a review process and then you're assigned a score um, and there's a certification cost that's tied to 
your revenue. I think if you're under a million in revenue, it's just five hundred dollars annually, um, and then um, you're you know they you post your profile on the website there, and it's um, you're ranked uh, according to how you know you scored, and there's some more detail on that page about uh, specific specifics about your, your, your business and, and where you rank in certain areas. Um, and so you provide that transparency to people, but that's like the, the, the general overview of, uh, the certification and what happens, um, once you're certified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, oh, and one thing oh, that I forgot to mention, sorry to interrupt. Sure, and no. as part of the certification, you, you have to adapt, um, your, your bylaws. So if you're an LLC, you would write in your operating agreement that um, you would put in some language there that actually says um, that your mission, um, you know, that defines your mission and that it's, uh, e- you know, it's it's equal to your profit um, mission and uh, just has more legal. Uh, it's like it's a legal foundation for what you you know your certification. So um, that's also part of it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is something we, we've chatted about on here, not only with the B Corp certification, but also if there's any kind of B Corp legislation in your state, as you write that into your bylaws, and especially if it's if it's a legal designation, then there are ways that as you bring in investor funding, you can let them know from the get-go that this is something that you're holding yourself accountable for so that they they understand that. So it's not just an investor coming in and, and, and wanting to maximize a financial return, but they want to maximize the social returns too because they understand that you're essentially legally obligated, uh, not just obligated, but legally required to do that and set up that way legally. And so that's an interesting, uh, interesting benefit, I think, there. And another thing, too, just, uh, you know, for, for those of us tuning in, my feeling is the B Corp certification is becoming more and more recognized every day. And, you know, before too long is going to be right up there with, you know, say, an organic certification or something like that. But the benefit of it is, you know, it is a rigorous process. It is a process that makes sure all of these things are going on. But it allows somebody who's looking at interacting with your company to just see, for lack of a better way of putting it, that seal of approval, <laughs> so to speak. And it just allows them that kind of quick look to know what you're all about. And, you know, just in the, in the world of online, millennials are going to look at things really quickly and try and make a decision very, very fast because we're just so inundated with all kinds of messages. I think that B Corp certification is becoming a really valuable tool for a lot of reasons, but I think that's one of them that, that really helps. So good stuff. Yeah. So I, I want to chat more about your cause now, Joe, and the, the tribe, at least that I read a, a case study about, and it sounds like it's a tribe you started with in Thailand is the Malabrity people. And for, so, so let's say that I am looking to start a social venture and a lot of times, a lot of social ventures will impact a lot of communities around the world. But I think yellow leaf is, is unique in the sense that it really started with trying to shift the trajectory of that one community. So what would you say to me if I'm, I'm grappling with that idea of whether I should really just try to focus on a small community or try to try to connect with a cause that is, is making some kind of a global impact? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, it'll, you know, that the answer to that question will really depend on what sort of business you're looking to start. Um, I think the there's a lot of enterprises that touch a lot of lives, and it's usually through more of a charity-based approach. Um, 
for us, it was really important. We wanted to see more direct results in our lifetime, you know, even sooner. So, like, we're already seeing dramatic improvements in livelihoods and, and lives being changed. Um, but, you know, instead of lifting a million or 10 million people out of poverty permanently, we're working with currently 200 weavers whose lives have dramatically increased, uh, improved. And then that has ripple effects in their communities. And overall, there's different units of measure to how many people you impact. But um, I think it really just depends on, on your particular business model. For us, as we wanted to focus on building a business that had as much of an impact on the people who made the products as the people who were buying that product. Um, and so we decided to uh, have a very comprehensive holistic development approach within the communities we work in. Um, and we felt that that was um, amazing because there was, at the time, I think also a lot of focus more on numbers and saying we are impacting hundreds of millions of people, but I feel like the actual, there wasn't as much change being made. Um, and I think, you know, there are ripple effects done or, you know, there's a ripple effect when you lift one person out of poverty uh, that has an impact on their whole community. Um, and it changes the trajectory for an entire population forever. Um, and that's, I think that, that just is mind blowing. So, um, that's something that we're really excited about uh, and we felt was really important. Yeah. Well, I, I love that message and that story you're sharing there, Joe. And that, that's why I really wanted to chat with you about this because I, I loved that piece of your story. And I think it really makes Yellow Leaf stand out in a unique way. And, you know, one thing, one thing I always say, and I've blogged on this several times, is I think that we, in, in this world, we are kind of not not we, but in you know if you if you watch TV or read through the news or anything like that, where it's focused on this big impact, you know how many people that kind of thing, and a lot of times it makes people feel like they can't make a difference. Well, one thing that I think is really important to remember is if you've changed one life, you've changed the world, and you mentioned that Joe by changing one life, you have that ripple effect. And so as we look at creating social ventures. Don't always think that it has to be something like, you know, I think the, the common thing now is, is a lot of social ventures will have a ticker showing exactly the number of, of things they've given away. And, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that if it's the fit. But, you know, there is something to be said for the depth of impact, too. And mm -hmm. this is a very close personal story for you, Joe. I can I can tell that. And, you know, the, the depth of the impact that you've been able to make and the way you've been able to transform that community. I, I think a, a lot of us have different things that we could link up with in our lives like that and make that kind of impact. And so, you know, as, as you're listening out there, think about ways that you might be able to find something like that and, you know, make, make a deeper impact with maybe a smaller community than you had originally planned, but make that deeper impact. And, you know, I think that's, that's excellent too. So yeah, love that. Love that piece of it. Let's talk a little bit uh, about partnerships because you have some really interesting partnerships. The one I want to chat through is, is a new one for you. This partnership with made in a free world, can you tell us mm -hmm. just a brief bit about them and then why you felt that partnership was important? Yeah, Made in a Free World is a nonprofit based in San Francisco uh, whose mission is to um, shine a light and eradicate human trafficking across the world. It's a really grand mission. Um, and they're run by an amazing founding team um, and a particular individual who whose background is in, in um, 
you know, working in the nonprofit space and uh, eradicating human trafficking. And, and the, what's crazy right now in, in our time is that there are more people trapped in slavery than there ever have been before in the history of the world. And, and most people aren't even aware that um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the products being commercially produced and sold all over the world are being made in ways in you know there's slavery there's slavery in a lot of supply chains um, and it's really difficult for manufacturers to sort of weed that out and so what they've done m- most recently they created a software that's u- utilizing all the different data and government information that they have access to and and it's basically an assessment um, that is uh, very comprehensive that allows businesses to to plug in like where all of their raw materials are coming from and and, and um, sort of uploading their whole supply chain into this uh, software it's called the freedom software and that software can then tell you where the hot spots are for um, for potential uh, slavery within your supply chain. So for example, like in, in our case, even though we were founded as a way, specifically as a way to help the Hill Tribe group break free from slavery, well, what about the raw materials that go into our hammocks? And and I'm no I'm no expert in um, you know, what's happening in Turkey where cotton is being grown or other parts of the world where um the textiles come from. And so I'm able to upload all of that information about where the other inputs into our product are coming from and the software can then tell tell me what is um, what kind of questions I should ask the suppliers in that particular region um, I'm just using Turkey as an example because um, there's a lot of cotton that's grown there um, and that industry uh, you know their human trafficking touches that industry unfortunately and so um, it doesn't mean that the supplier we purchase from necessarily has slaves working picking cotton, but there's a chance that maybe they outsource to somebody else. And we see this more in apparel manufacturing, but basically the software um, allows us to pinpoint areas of concern and then helps us engage those suppliers um, by you know, guiding us through what kind of questions to ask and what sort of research to do. And um, so Made in a Free World just launched this software uh, and a big campaign around it, and we were one of the nine, nine founding companies to use the software. Um, and they're really making a, b- a big push in the next year to get larger uh, brands with even uh, more complex supply chains to, to use it and really um, take action. Um, so. Yeah, I, I loved that when I was reading about it, and I never, I'd never heard of that, and I loved the software piece to it as well. It sounds like, sounds like a group I'll have to interview on here too. But uh, yeah, that's uh, really, really great. And then, so how did that partnership come about? Um, we were connected through uh, somebody else um, in the impact space, and I, I actually think it was the Unreasonable Institute, which is another organization that we work with. Um, we were there a a fellowship slash like business accelerator program for um, social entrepreneurs, and we were one of the companies. Uh, we were fellows in that program, and and I think they had made the introduction um, to Made in a Free World, who was looking for ventures to be to launch, uh, you know, launch this software with. 
Perfect. Got it. Well, well, great stuff there. Loved learning more about your story and how you made some of the decisions to to create the story that you did. And uh, yeah, real real powerful stuff and a lot of great insights for us as we we start our own ventures out here in Voices of Social Change. So cool. Well, we'll move us into the last section here, the rapid fire round. Uh, this is Joe, where I just throw a couple quick questions at you, give you the chance to share the resources you're using so we can start plugging things in right away and get rocking uh, with our with our companies out our way. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So first of all, what is a social venture aside from Yellow Leaf that you think we ought to check out? Oh, great question. Um, I'm trying to think of one that you you might not have interviewed yet. Um, let's see. It's getting but tougher and tougher. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one that I love that I'm a big fan of. I'm not sure if you've interviewed Nisolo. Um, they're also a, a company that came out of the Unreasonable Institute and they are a fashion brand um, that's making their their core line right now are these like really high quality shoes um, that are uh, you know leather footwear that is being uh, handmade in um, Peru and they the product is just beautiful they make great great stuff and they have a similar to model similar model to yellow leaf um, and uh, yeah check them out. Um, they're proving that you can make a product that's also traditionally made uh, in factories elsewhere um, that's of higher quality, you know, um, and being, you know, handmade and directly uh, impacting the makers. Perfect. Yeah. Nisolo. I'd heard of them maybe yes. once, but I haven't, haven't talked to them. So <laughs> you got nice. one that I didn't know much about. So good stuff. Cool. Cool. And I lived in Peru for a year, so I'll definitely have to connect with them and see, uh, see what's going on there. So what about a tool that you're using that you think all social entrepreneurs should use to grow their ventures? Um, well, to, I'm not sure of a tool that's specific to social entrepreneurs. Um, I would check out the freedom soft, the, the made in a free world, freedom software um and uh i'd say just a general tool that we started using as our team has grown has been um this uh thing called this app called asana uh a-s-a-n-a that um helps us um it's a project management tool that's been great uh it um you know you could assign projects to different people in your team it's and uh, create different checklists and it's just a very comprehensive tool hard to describe over email but check it out it's i was resistant to it when my co-founder was like hey check this out um <laughs> kind of like an old dog trying to learn new tricks but um she stood by and it's been it's just helped us manage way more effectively awesome yeah no great stuff and change nation for everyone tuning in as always we'll put those in the show notes for you so you can you can click right in and, and get into a sauna and check that out if you'd like that's one i've heard heard uh, recommended a few times too so worth checking out great stuff so joe what about one piece of advice you'd give to an aspiring change agent um i think let me think about that real quick uh i i, I guess there are i think the one thing that differentiates a lot of successful companies and and versus people with ideas it comes down to execution um and I would say, you know, focus on execution, um, you know, follow through. If you're in sales, you've got to close the sale and not just get the introduction. Um, and that's something that we've really been focused on lately, um, seeing projects through and making sure that, you know, if we come up with a plan, we execute it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the word of the, of the month for us 
here internally. <laughs> Execution. Yeah. Staying good. laser focused and executing. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. What about a cause-based book you think that we should all read? Um, well, for me, I love Banker to the Poor, uh, written by Muhammad Yunus. Yunus. Um, and I think that is a must read. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Incredible book. He's, he's pretty much the grandfather of social entrepreneurship as far as I'm concerned. So good. good read. Last one. What's the first thing that we can do right now to start changing the world? Um, well, I would say I'm biased, but I would say buy a hammock. It'll change your own life because you'll relax more and hopefully have a nice oasis in your backyard, um, and help, um, you know, improve the livelihood for the person who made it. But in general, I would say, you know, as part of our, like our do good relax philosophy is, you know, do you, there's simple ways you can do good. Just being more conscious, saying thanks, being nicer, you know, spreading karma. Um, so yeah, definitely be more mindful. Um, especially for people on the East coast where it's snow and snowing and frigid cold. So, you know, stay loose and be happy and smile at people. And, you know, that'll, actually go a long way to change someone's day who crosses you know their path with you yeah absolutely stay loose and be happy well cool stuff well well, joe before i close this out are there any last bits you'd like to share with us and then definitely let us know the best way to reach back out to to you and what's going on at yellow leaf hammocks um well if anyone wants to reach out directly um i can be emailed at joe uh j-o-e at yellowleafhammocks.com you know, happy to connect with other people. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time with me here as well, Josh. So love your program and, um, excited to be, to be on it and sharing our story. So thanks. Perfect. Yeah. And, and Joe, on behalf of the voices of social change podcast and everyone over at social change nation, I just want to thank you for your generosity with your time and and your expertise. Like I said, I, I really do think that you have an especially unique story in this space and a lot of great insights for us as we start up our own movements wherever we are around the world. So good stuff. Thank you again for being with us. And for everyone out in Change Nation, thanks for being here today. Hope you enjoyed this interview, and we will catch you again next week. Take care of yourselves out there.